Greetings to those who watch below. Today it is time for our monthly roundup of those paranormal stories I found while doing my research. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Wade, Julie B, Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, and The Real CFED 22. They're all members of Those Who Dwell Below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every video. Also, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. Also, you can find me on Instagram at brimstone underscore below, and on Facebook at Brimstone Below Horror Channel. Also, I'm the curator for creepypasta.com and also run their official YouTube channel. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Two Whaley House Ghosts by Treehouse15 I've seen two apparitions at the Whaley House, and I've never been able to make heads or tails of what I saw. The Whaley House, in Old Town San Diego, is considered one of the most haunted houses in the United States. The Whaley House, a two-story Greek revival, was built in 1857, on the site of a former gallows. When the house was built, it was probably the largest in the city, serving for a time as the San Diego Courthouse, as well as a community theatre. Performances could reportedly hold 150 people, which, if you visit the house, seems incredible since the theatre isn't huge. The original inhabitants of the house, the Whaleys, back in the 1850s and 1860s, reported hearing noises and odd things, which they wrote about in their journals. This was over 150 years ago. Today, the house is said to be haunted by many ghosts, including Yankee Jim, who was hung on the side of the house in the early 1850s, and the Whaley family. I visited the Whaley house three times. My first time visiting the house was in 2005, over the 4th of July holiday with my sister and cousin. This was in the mid-afternoon, and we were up in the second floor theatre, while a group of maybe three people were recording the master bedroom, hoping to catch something. They said that the master bedroom is supposed to be the most active room in the house. Note that the layout of the second floor has the theatre at an end of a hallway by a staircase, and the master bedroom is essentially right across from the theatre, immediately to the right of the staircase. The people video recording were getting frustrated that they weren't catching anything, and were getting ready to leave. I specifically remember the ding from the camera as they turned it off. Not a second later, I heard a loud bang come from the master bedroom. The people originally recording immediately ran downstairs and out of the house, screaming of course. After catching up with them afterward, I learned that a chair in the back right corner of the room had levitated, spun around, and hit the back wall. This was the bang that we heard. Of course, before we found out what it was, we were curious to what the bang was, so we walked from the theatre to the master bedroom. The three of us were the only ones there, since the people originally recording had all run downstairs. As soon as we got to the bedroom, a full-bodied apparition in 19th century attire appeared at the sight of the chair. It looked just as real as any flesh-and-blood human being, except for the face. 
the face seemed devoid of features, so that it was more like a characterization of a face than a real face. The rest of the apparition looked completely real, including that it was totally opaque. I could tell it was a man dressed in mid-19th century attire. This apparition then proceeded to run across the master bedroom, vanishing just before getting to the closet that connects the master bedroom to the theatre. While the apparition ran across the room, it affected the physical world as though it were a real person. The wind from the apparition running ruffled the window curtains, causing them to billow enough that they ended up in front of the window lamp. The window was closed as well. The apparition ruffled the carpet. It was as though the apparition was running so fast away from the side of the chair that it slipped a little on the rug and kicked it slightly back. I saw the apparition affect the physical world in front of me. The ghost was never more than a few feet away. The apparition continued running until reaching the hallway closet that connects with the theatre. Immediately before the apparition would have hit the curtain that marks the closet, the apparition completely vanished. When the apparition vanished, it was maybe no more than two feet away from me. It never noticed the three people looking at it. The apparition was making a beeline directly for the closet. Just to make sure I wasn't going crazy, my sister and cousin, who were both there next to me, said that they saw the exact same thing. Immediately afterward, we went downstairs to find the docent. He told us that the person we described, including what they were wearing, matched Yankee Jim, who was known to play pranks and to be active in the master bedroom. The docent told us that the clothes that we described the person as wearing are the same clothes that Yankee Jim is said to have worn the day he was hung. He said that what we saw was one of the most active sightings ever reported in the house and let us all into the master bedroom through the theatre. Nothing in the bedroom was amiss other than the ruffled window curtain and rug and there was nothing there that would have been out of place in the 1860s. There were no cameras, light projectors, strings, trapdoors, nothing. Just an old bedroom. I can't see any reasonable way for what I saw to be explained. I could say that my senses were lying to me, but I had two other people next to me that saw the exact same thing. Plus, even if all our senses were being duped, how could I explain how the physical world was affected? I visited the house again a few years later, and the docent remembered who I was, where I was from, and what I had seen. I was talking with the docent at the end of the day, and along with the docent was the very last person out of the house as he locked it. I can attest that the house was completely empty. Immediately after leaving the house, I was looking up at the second floor windows and saw somebody walk across. Their top half was well defined, but their bottom half was poorly defined and disappeared a little below the shoulders. Although I'm the only person to see the second ghost, I know it wasn't a hallucination. I caught this on video. Unfortunately, the video is analogue and I don't have any analogue players. The house was empty, and as I noted for the master bedroom sighting, there were no projectors or strings or anything of the sort anywhere in the house. A projector system large enough to create what I've seen in the Whaley house would be very prominent when visiting. I really do believe that I've seen one full-bodied and one partial apparition on the second floor of this house. I don't see any other explanation. I think what I saw in the master bedroom 
is impossible to explain without ghosts. It makes more sense to say that these ghosts operate under the rules of reality, and that we just don't know all the rules, rather than to say that these apparitions don't make sense with current scientific knowledge, therefore must not exist. Given that ghosts give off characteristics that can be picked up by electronic equipment, and that various hauntings repeat themselves, I think the phenomena of ghosts is scientifically testable. You just need a good grasp of the scientific method and experimental design. But I digress. Both sightings were complete accidents. I never intended to see anything, nor sought to see anything. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Given that Yankee Jim only showed himself when he thought that nobody was looking, I take it that he goes out of his way to stay hidden. It's remarkable to remember, though, that the Whaleys themselves reported hauntings when they lived there. If Yankee Jim was the ghost the Whaleys were referring to, he's been haunting that house for over 160 years. Living Next to the Devil's Nest by Wicked Scissors 17 My husband Sean and I, as newlyweds, relocated to a little house in Weber City, Virginia in January 2014. We were so excited to move into this house as we were leasing to own. My mom assisted us with the move and we couldn't have been prouder of being homeowners. It was such a beautiful little starter home and it was located practically at the base of a mountain in the woods, located on the Trail of Tears. Within the first week, the activity began. I was training as a CNA at a local nursing home in the area, and I got up early one morning as I had been for my classes. It was around 5.30 in the morning, and I was in the bathroom, blow drying my hair with the door open. It was a small bathroom, so I left the door open so I wouldn't get hot. As I held my head upside down and tousled my hair in the dryer around, I caught a glimpse of someone in an old-timey pioneer woman's dress float directly next to me into my bedroom. Confused and not understanding what I had just seen, I stopped what I was doing and walked into the bedroom where my husband was sleeping. I couldn't explain what had just happened. I was at a total loss for words. I mentioned what happened to family and friends and most just laughed. When I told my mother, she mentioned to me that the house next door had been on a paranormal television show and supposedly it was known for being extremely haunted. I laughed it off and didn't think much of it. I was wrong to ever act so nonchalantly. We found out we were pregnant with our firstborn Harper shortly after moving into the home. Things were great for a while. We had a baby on the way and I decided to take time off and stay home while pregnant. One night, I remember my husband had went to sleep before me. I was sitting in the living room watching TV and we had three dogs at the time and I whistled for them to come out of the bedroom and come into the living room with me. I whistled, then all of a sudden I heard a whistle right back. I got up and walked to the bedroom to see if my husband was awake, but he was fast asleep. I got that eerie feeling like someone was watching me and stayed up most of the night. There were many moments in the home where you could hear people speaking in the house very low. I can only explain it like a diner and how it can be during an early morning rush, multiple conversations just going non-stop. 
We could hear it all throughout the night, while we laid in bed and attempted to sleep. My husband was a bit of a sceptic prior to living in this house. You could also lay in our bed at night and see shadows speed from the dining room to the living room. It got to be quite disturbing at night when we laid down, and we both thought our eyes were playing tricks on us. The activity was fairly frequent, but nothing too extreme at first. Now I know seeing someone walk by me is pretty extreme, but not when you lived in this house. Eventually we got pregnant again with Charlotte, and became a family of four. My husband's cousin Thomas needed a place to stay, and moved in with us. We joked with him about the house next door being haunted, and told him about the weird things that occurred in our home. My husband, being the practical joker he is, thought it'd be funny to buy a satanic bible and read and poke fun at the things in it. He liked to taunt people or things on occasion. One night, he decided he'd go next door and summon whatever was in that house to come with him. No one was living in the home at the time. Usually, the residents there didn't last longer than a few months. As soon as he got done summoning whatever it was that was in that house, he became violently ill and ran back home getting sick in the yard. After that, things went downhill. There were times when you could go outside and see the light randomly come on upstairs in the house next door, and no one was there. We know this because my husband and his friend went over to find out if someone was there. They knocked for a while, and no one came to the door. They came back to the porch, and the light went off. It was so strange. We went back in our house, and came back out to smoke about 30 minutes later, and the light came back on. We would see shadows all the time outside as well. So much just kept going on. After the satanic bible incident, my husband, myself, and the girls were asleep in bed. I remember waking up, feeling someone's hands touching me inappropriately, and I thought it was my husband. I remember laughing and saying stop. When I opened my eyes, I was looking at him, with both of the girls laying on and against him. I immediately froze in fear and went catatonic. I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, I couldn't do anything. I remember feeling the tears running down my face, and with everything in me, I knew someone was behind me. It's like I was screaming in my head for my husband to wake up, but nothing came out. Finally, it's like whatever was touching me released me and I shot up crying. I was so shook by the moment, I'd never had anything like that happen to me before. I felt so violated. My husband, being my husband, just laughed and assumed I'd been dreaming. I label the next incident as the big night, because it was just that. One night, my husband, his cousin and myself were hanging out. The girls were already in bed. We were up late and it was so cold outside. I remember having to wear a jacket when I went outside and smoked, and could see my breath, it was that cold. I came back in from the back porch after smoking, and looked out my dining room window toward the haunted house. In that yard, they had a concrete table and bench, and to my surprise, in the freezing cold, there were three people sitting at the table, and a lantern was lit over their head. A tall man, and his face was so distorted, I couldn't make it out. He was wearing overalls, and kept shaking oddly. A dark blonde woman, and an old woman in a long black robe or dress. Now, I wouldn't have thought it too strange, 
but the lantern was hanging in midair from nothing, and it was freezing outside, and they were just sitting there. I shouted for my husband and his cousin, another skeptic, and they both were shocked and in disbelief. We couldn't believe our eyes. I ran to the back porch and looked at the table, and no one was there. I thought I was going crazy. I ran back in, and there they were again. I went out to my front porch, and I could still see them. Again back to the back porch, and they were gone. It's like the only place I could see them was from my dining room and front porch. My husband's cousin Thomas was in shock, and refused to look anymore, and went back into the living room, scared of what he was seeing. I remember asking him, Are you seeing this? The same thing I'm seeing? He replied, Yeah, but I don't want to admit it to myself. I waved at the people sitting there, and they waved back. I did this frequently throughout the night, until finally around 4am, the blonde female flipped me off. At around 6, they disappeared. It was the craziest thing I have ever seen, and I've never seen anything like it since. One day, the woman that owned the house next door came over, and asked my husband if he could help change the locks on her house, because new people were moving in. He went over and helped, and she proceeded to tell him her brother had lived in the house before, and practiced the occult, and was into some pretty heavy stuff. He had Parkinson's, and always wore overalls. My husband immediately thought of the man we'd seen that night, sitting at the table outside. She then told him her brother shot himself upstairs, in the middle of a pentagram. My husband was very disturbed by this. We both swear it was her brother we saw that night, at the table outside. We lived there for a few years, and it was almost like the place was draining our relationship, turning us against one another and causing severe damage to our marriage. We decided to part ways, and I relocated to North Myrtle Beach, to be closer to my mother, who had moved down a year after I moved into the house. Leaving that house was the best decision we ever made. My husband and I reconciled, and we are happier than ever here in South Carolina, with both our girls. One evening, we were watching TV, and this show pops up on Hulu called Paranormal State, an episode labelled The Devil's Nest comes on. It's season 3, episode 20. We began watching, and were shocked by what we were seeing, as they drove up our old road, our old hill. You could see our house as they pulled into the driveway of the house next door, and began their investigation of the Devil's Nest. My husband was in shock, and stated that this had just put everything together that he'd experienced, because he'd wrote it off as he was going crazy. In one scene in the show, the resident of the house states that she was assaulted sexually by something there, and that made things just come together for me. My husband was at that point in shock and dismay by what had actually happened to me. We both feel for whoever lives in either house, because we don't feel like it's the houses, we feel like it's the land, and it has a permanent stain that will never be lifted. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, I know there's only two stories in this video, but there's a reason for that. One, they are both fantastic stories that are a bit longer, and two, I'm saving up the others 
for my special Halloween video. I'm breaking my schedule and doing a very special video on the big day itself. Now, what do you get on Halloween? You get lots of tricks and treats all together. So this video will be a massively long video mixing all the different types of stories that I cover on the channel. There'll be some true life mysteries, some cryptids, some creatures from folklore, and of course, plenty of paranormal stories. So make sure to put the date in your diary. I'm sure it's in there already if you're watching this channel. And until next time, sleep tight.